Joining an erotic writing club is all well and good, but what happens when the only female member takes in the newest recruit and uses him as inspiration for her stories? The Toho Guys navigate a world of sex, relationships, and spicy literature in episode 42, Moon and Cherry. Welcome to another episode of Toho Yaro, a Japanese film club podcast. I'm your host for this month, Scott Dryman, and joining me as always are Joey Weiser. Hello, everybody. And Alex Kazanis. Hello. And this month we'll be talking about uh, the erotic comedy Moon and Cherry. Uh, Moon and Cherry came out in 2004. Uh, the Japanese title is Tsuki no Cherry, which I assume is a uh, some kind of pun about virginity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think that's pretty safe to say. <laughs> I should note, as I said, this is an erotic comedy. We're going to talk about some uh, sex stuff. Not that mm-hmm. that's... We don't normally censor ourselves, but just heads up. This is um, uh, this is probably our sexiest episode yet. Uh, I mm, I don't know, Tom Popo. Oh yeah, <laughs> actually, I think Tom Popo might be a little more explicit, even though this movie has way more like actual sex in it. Mm-hmm. At the very yeah. least, in Tom Popo, sex you, implied. <laughs> y- yeah, at the very least, in Tom Popo, you do see uh, you know food to mouth penetration. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, this was, uh, written and directed by a woman named Yuki Tanada, who, uh, previous to this movie, I think only had a, uh, a director credit on a pretty popular, uh, documentary film. Uh, so this is, this is her, hmm. um, a, a big debut for her. Uh, the movie was made as part of a project of uh, a lot of movies themed around love, uh, all shot on digital video, um, which is, has its problems. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, uh, this one and, uh, the other movie that came out, out of this project that I've heard of is called the volatile woman, hmm. um, about a woman who gets held up at a gas station. That's another, uh, interesting, I guess, comedy. Um, but uh, this movie is about a virgin who joins an erotic literature club and uh, a woman uh, takes advantage of him. Uh, our, um, so had uh, any of either of y'all uh, had any knowledge of this movie beforehand? No, I'd never even heard of it. Nope. Yeah, not nothing whatsoever. Yeah, neither had I. I found uh, recommendations for this just kind of browsing around on the internet, and uh, yeah, is is a very is part of a very low budget project shot on digital video, which very much shows in the quality of yeah. the 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 movie itself is very like grainy and and smudged looking. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I wondered if I just got a shitty copy, but. Uh, Nope. I, I think there was a time period where I was seeing a lot of like these kind of like early 2000s Japanese movies like that were shot on video. And I, just, I, I definitely remember a period of time of being kind of like, I guess Japanese movies are just shitty. Look like they're just <laughs> really low budgets and whatever. But I think this is just kind of like, you know, the 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 technology at the point was kind of like it was capable it was making it more capable of making low budget movies like this shot on video but uh you know it's yeah it doesn't make it very pleasant to look at <laughs> I, I do think that it has a bit of a pock runk feel to it though right like <laughs> you know yeah just because it's shot on something a little less uh less highfalutin <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this is, uh, this movie is a bit of a kind of throwback to the, the kind of softcore porno films that used to be really popular in Japan, the Pinku Ega and the, the Nikatsu Roman porno, um, movies. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, this does have a lot of uh, softcore sex in it. Not quite as much uh, as those films used to, but it's still pretty, uh, pretty horny. Well, it's no Emmanuel. But but the interesting aspect of of this is that the writer and director of the movie is is a woman. And I feel like that uh, shows through in in the presentation. Um, uh, Our cast, uh, the main character, uh, Tadokoro, is played by... Tasuku Nagoka, who is a, uh, I think, a minor character in Love Exposure from Sion Sono. Mm. And uh, the, uh, the woman protagonist, uh, Mayama, is played by Noriko Eguchi, who is, uh, her acting debut was in Takashi Miike's Shangri-La, which I have not seen. And she's got a uh, apparently well-regarded um, uh list of other movies that she's been in but that i have not seen uh, either, so. well you've seen fish story was she in fish story yeah she's the, gr- yeah. She's the girlfriend of the uh ah of the lead guy um the, who, in the uh, band right yeah yeah who they meet in the um in the in the bar and she gotcha. uh, falls in love with their music yeah that's the first thing i noticed i was like holy shit uh she's in fish story but she's like she's like the the really um uh like she's the really loud and obnoxious girlfriend in that movie. Uh, so gotcha. like, it's really cool seeing her in this, getting to, uh, getting to see her in a much more different role where she's taking a much more, um, uh, focused presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's not actually a lot of like deep crit on this film that I could find, but, uh, most of what I did find was praise for Noriko Aguchi, uh, both specifically for this movie, but also her, her range and a lot of other things being able to go from like this to like demure housewife to, mm. I, I guess like that role in, in fish story. Um, and of course we, uh, we also have, uh, somebody who appears to be just about everywhere in modern films, Akira Emoto. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, as I said, this is made on on pretty small budget, shot on grainy, smudgy digital video. Um, but uh, in spite of that, there's still some decent cinematography, some some good shots, uh, and an interesting visual style. In spite of how ugly it is at times. Um, so for the the short synopsis is uh, Tadakoro is a college student who joins a uh, club for extra credit and decides to join the uh, the erotic writing club, uh, which dubbed themselves the Electric Button after slang for the clitoris. Um, <laughs> Genki Button, yeah, <laughs> and maybe Denki, meaning electric. Yeah. Oh yeah, Denki. Yeah, uh, I, I'd hate to sorry to interrupt, but the first thing that I noticed in this movie uh, was in the. Uh, when the camera sort of panning through the club room, uh, you see a, a dick and balls ashtray, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> Their room was very like funny to look like, very filled with interesting stuff to look at, like <laughs> yeah, you know, sex dolls and, and and erotic movie posters and all sorts of kind of funny stuff. Yeah, the the set design in this is pretty interesting because they don't have a lot of sets to work with. It feels mm-hmm. like the uh, the clubhouse is basically just like a large closet at a high school they took over or something. Um, but yeah, it's just plastered everywhere with all kinds of horny pictures and and mm-hmm. stuff like that. The the half inflated blow up doll hanging constantly. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> just sort of draped over those dowels. Yeah. Um, so we meet the, uh, the rest of the, the club, um, which are a, uh, a, a kind of muscle guy, a chubby guy, a dorky guy, and an old man, Sakamoto played by Akira Moto. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're all hanging out, getting to know Tadokoro, uh, talking at, and Mayama, the sole woman in the club, shows up, and she is actually a published uh, published author of erotica, which the the rest of the group seems to be very impressed by, and uh, pretty much immediately clocks Tadakoro as a virgin, 
um, in, in spite of his protests. <laughs> Um, which the rest of the group uh, charitably is like, yeah, it's not a big deal. Don't don't worry about it. Yeah, he definitely has more of hangups about it than they do. Mm-hmm. I, I wrote down that the white guy in the club looks like the dude you're getting a Dell guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he looks. I, I, he looks more to me like a. Uh, I can't remember the actor's name. I'm sorry. But yeah, a very 90s, like he's got mm-hmm. kind of raver pants on and uh-huh. a little bit spiked reddish hair. Um, but uh, they're all sitting around having a good time. Uh, Mayama takes a shine to uh, Tadakoro and eventually takes her back to or takes him back to her apartment where we have this incredible scene of him uh awkwardly not even being seduced she just expects sex from him and he sheepishly doesn't know what to do mm-hmm. um but she finally uh has sex with him and then immediately goes to writing and uh we find out that she uh had sex with him because he's a virgin and she's doing research for her new erotica project where an older woman uh corrupts a 14 year old boy and uh, from there, they continue this this bizarre, goofy sexual relationship where she's uh, using him to get to to figure out angles for her publishing, uh, including sending him to a dominatrix. Um, yeah, which it's not how quite how proper BDSM works, but is a very funny comedy beat. Um. Until he decides that he's uh, he he feels weird about this whole process, does not appreciate the dominatrix or being used, and hits off with uh, his coworker at the the university bookstore, a sweet girl named Akane, and uh, they start up a relationship. And Akane is actually excited when she finds out that uh, Tadakoro writes erotica. She thinks that's really neat and impressive instead of thinking it's gross or creepy, uh, which is a, a, a turn for this kind of this, the stereotype of this kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was not expecting uh, her. I, I was expecting that next beat to be like, you're a disgusting pig. Uh, and then throwing it like the pages in his face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her whole deal is a lot more surprising than what I was expecting. I had sort of mapped out when she showed up like, okay, I guess she's the sweet one that he's supposed to follow up in with at the end of the movie. And that, you know, as we'll see, that's not what it turns out to be. Um, But yeah, the the two of them give it a go and she's supportive of him and like really loves him and wants his attention, but notices that he's really hung up on uh, Mayama and eventually demands that he stop going to the club and stop talking to her. Not that he stops writing erotica. She She's perfectly fine with that. She just wants Mayama and the, the club to be cut out of his life. Um, and so they try that out for a while, but both of them kind of realize that there's, there's not much there to their relationship until she finally gets upset with him uh, and we get a sad breakup in the rain leaving uh, Tadakoro sitting on a swing set sad until he eventually goes back to Mayama and uh, tries to to rekindle things with her only to uh, uh, I don't have my notes what the sequence of this is he uh, rekindles things with her and then she, uh, she invites him over, uh, and she, he thinks it's for sex, but she has actually hired a prostitute for him to have sex with while she's going to watch from the closet to uh, get better insight on a scene she's writing for the story. And uh, while having he he protests uh, and acts really cagey once the prostitute arrives, but eventually relents. And uh, kind of confesses his feelings to Mayama about how he feels so stupid and hurt for being used uh, while she's sitting alone in the uh, in the closet, just like peeping and listening to this this entire thing. 
And uh, then Mayama leaves the apartment afterwards wordlessly and uh, disappears for a while. Uh, Tadakoro eventually talks to the other guys at the uh, at the electric button erotica club. Uh, only to find out that with the exception of Sakamoto, she has slept with all of them to try to get inspiration for various stories. Yeah, it's kind of like surprising that he she hasn't gone after uh, the older guy, too, because like that's a another take. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess had. his being married was the only like <laughs> barrier there. Sure. Um, but finds out that his situation was not unique. And uh, she publishes her new story and they, they tell him that once the story is, is done, she never sleeps with a guy again uh, because that's really all it's about. Uh, but they do eventually meet up again later and or, or no, they've sorry. They have a fight first, which is the best slap fight I've ever seen in a movie <laughs> where he like is angry at her and gently taps her face. Uh, and then she just hauls off and slaps him so hard he falls down and gets a nosebleed. Yeah, that was good. Um, just an excellent comedy beat. Uh, but they separate. But then eventually she kind of realizes what a monster she's been to him and reconnects. And the the two are enthusiastically together, even though she's still using him for research. But they're exploring these things together purposefully. And they go have sex on the beach until uh, sand gets some places and they uh, panic and try to figure out what to do while their clothes wash away into the ocean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the I, I really enjoy all the subversions in this. Uh, the fact that like it's a horny sex comedy that doesn't treat sex as something uh, gross or societally shunned. Uh, it mm-hmm. like, it's not, it's not a joke that, uh, Tadakoro is a virgin. Like it's essential to the plot and the fact that she's using him, but like the other guys in the club are like, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. Uh, the fact that Akane, the sweet girl is not the one that he ends up with, that he actually ends back up with Mayama, this like taciturn, uh, not really like it, it uh, something notable about uh, Noriko Aguchi is she's not like the typical uh, Japanese starlet. Um, and especially in this movie, she she's, doesn't have a lot of makeup on. She doesn't look super hot or glamorous. Mm-hmm. She is uh, very, very just kind of mind on her business and in charge of things. Uh, but she's the one that uh, Tadakoro ends up with after after her kind of uh, emotional uh, journey and that uh, her she is the woman is the one that's like using sex and throwing away partners and as opposed to typically men are the ones doing that um, so yeah the, this movie there are parts that were hard to watch just because the like I said the digital video uh, makes it look so cheap uh, almost like a, a television show Um but uh, Iguchi's acting and a lot of the comedy really landed for me, uh, and I I had some fun with it. Uh, Joey, what was your your reaction? Hmm, I <laughs> didn't like it. Uh, sorry, that's um, fine. Yeah, I just um, hmm, I so. Yeah, I mean, first of all, yeah, the digital video thing, it's just not very, like, nice to look at, which is unfortunate. And that that I can't, like, totally hold against it. Um, but I just, um, I couldn't get on board with their relationship because it, it just felt pretty thin and kind of, like, I didn't think she was actually very good for him. And then at the end, this sort of idea is, like, he literally, like, says to her, like, you know, like you shouldn't write about this stuff unless you understand what it's like to be in a relationship. And then she's just kind of following through with that. And so I don't feel like super great about the resolution at the end because I still feel that she's 
just still using him and I don't feel completely um, on board uh, with their relationship. <laughs> and so I don't, I don't know. I just, I didn't really completely dig it. Like it, it all in all, like felt very much like a like nineties Cinemax type movie, you know, like, <laughs> um, like, which is I the thing that, that kind of confused me about it. And this isn't necessarily a complaint, but this is just kind of an observation that like, it was strange to me that it felt very like thinly setting up more and more situations to have him have like sex with different partners and under different situations, like the S and M lady and the bookstore lady and all that stuff. But then they kind of skip over those sex scenes. And so, which is not like me being like, Oh, I wish that there were more <laughs> sex scenes, but it like, it felt, it felt like the kind of like empty filler between, uh, sex scenes, but then they skip over those sex scenes. So I wasn't like left really understanding what this movie was trying to <laughs> get from me. You gotcha. Know? So I think during the scene where uh, Tarakoro and the the bookstore girl are like giving their thing a shot, we see scenes of Mayama sitting alone in her apartment writing and staring kind of off into space while smoking a cigarette. And I feel like those scenes are supposed to imply that she actually misses uh, Mm -hmm. Tarakoro, but because her, her like the way she relates to sex and relationships is so messed up that she doesn't really understand it. So when they get back together, her first big thing is like, Oh, I'm going to set you up with a prostitute because it's for my book. And this is exciting Mm -hmm. instead of like figuring out a real way to connect with him. And it's not until he like lays it all out that she really understands. Um, So I feel like there's some there, there, but at the same time, those are also wordless scenes of her staring out into space. And I don't know how much of that is me just reading into it uh, mm-hmm. versus the actual intent. So, but I definitely get the, like, this has big uh, Cinemax vibes. <laughs> uh, Alex, what'd you think? Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I feel kind of the same way that Joey did, but I actually did enjoy watching it. Um, Mostly just because I kind of wanted to see what the resolution would be. And when it wasn't completely what I was expecting, I was still kind of cool with it just because, hey, this kind of thing happens a lot to people just in general. Um, uh, Mayama read to me as kind of a sociopath. Um, Mm -hmm. It was uh, sort of I'm not going to say hard to watch because I sort of kind of got what she was doing. But yeah, like towards the end when he's like, yeah, I want to, uh, you know, you, you should learn what it's like to be in a relationship and then write about that. And you don't find enough about her character to, um, like have it, have her, um, have her actions justified. Mm-hmm. So I feel like maybe there was <clears throat> some stuff that was just left on the cutting room floor. Um, but I did, uh. I did, and I, I did think it was funny, uh, the movie, and I thought it was a very interesting movie uh, just because you don't – this is not uh, – this is unlike any Japanese movie I've seen. The subject matter is very interesting, and the relationships are very interesting, and I feel like the movie is maybe trying to say something about, you know uh, – you know, blindly falling in love with somebody because you crave attention or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It it's it's kind of. A, I uh, I did enjoy watching it, <laughs> but I'm um. Yeah, I'm I'm having trouble figuring out the the overall uh, mm-hmm. the overall point. Um, it, with the exception of hey, this is something that happens to people, mm-hmm. and um. I, I a point that I did think was was pretty uh, cool that was brought up was the fact that um, uh, she uses a male pen name because mm. female erotic uh, writers are um, aren't really hired, which I thought was interesting because over I mean as far as I'm you know as far as I've understood all my life uh, most uh, romance novels over here are written by female. Um, and and the fact that like they you know you would have to use a male pen name over there is interesting and it also reminded me of course of um the author of Silver Spoons and um, Full Alchemist uh, Arakawa mm-hmm. um 
she uses a male pen name uh, for pretty much that same reason. Um, so I thought that was a very interesting point to bring up in the movie um, that like, you know, she's, I, I guess at the very end of the day, she's Machiavellian, Machiavellian in, uh, in retrospect, like she's using all ends or all means to justify her end. So uh, I think that's kind of interesting. So mm-hmm. sorry if that was just kind of like thought salad, but uh, yeah, no, I think Mayama is the most interesting part of the movie for sure. Yeah, um, when it when, when yeah. she goes away, like I wanted kind of to see more about her and know more about her versus you know Tadakura's relationship with Akane, which was you know it was cute, but at the end of the day, like she actually didn't understand him. Um, Wait, did you guys? Okay, so the way Scott was categorizing it and the way that you call it cute like i was seeing her as kind of a secret maniac like she (laughs) was being pretty manipulative and she like the way that they had sex without a condom on the first night and it and she all kind of used that against him oh yeah Yeah, like oh we're lucky i didn't get pregnant or whatever that was like where is this coming from monster she became very controlling very quickly like she she I, I interpreted that as she was supposed to be initially seemed like a cute, perfect lady. But then once he became in a relationship with her, she was kind of, uh, you know, a monster. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I meant like their relationship was cute at first. Like it was very yeah. like, you know, I don't know. He, he didn't seem like he was very into it. Like when she basically tells him to say, I love you. And then he's like, oh, God, why did I just say that? Yeah, that didn't feel right. Is I yeah. think what he said. Um. I, I also love her parting shot of after they break up, she's like, oh, by the way, um, I like my job at the bookstore, so you should probably quit and buy your book somewhere else. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> God. Um, um, yeah. Oh, one thing I wondered was, uh, I wonder how much the S&M cost uh, <laughs> for all the stuff that that lady did to him. Uh, including, yeah, that's a, a lot. Uh, including peeing on him and uh, piercing his nipples with with needles. <laughs> um, yeah, if I was if I was Tadakoro, I'd be fucking pissed too. I'd be I'd be in, I'd be livid. Um, just because it's like I don't know. I'm uh, full disclosure. I'm not a fan of pain uh, in any <laughs> in any sort of way, shape, or form. So it's not you know. I would just that'd be a nightmare for me. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, and and that's kind of the problem I had with their relationship. And that's obviously, like, at first I thought it was funny, but, like, after a while it started kind of grating on me how she was kind of throwing him in more and more of these kind of non-consensual situations that were, like, uh, really rough. And and I don't know. And I kind of, like, I don't know. I think it has something to do with the fact that, like... um, uh, Mayama's actress like was kind of like compelling as this like cold-hearted you know uh, writer lady who'd do anything to get a good story, but the guy was I did not really like uh, that actor very much, and he was kind of a pain to watch for me. But in through that, it made me like feel his pain <laughs> even more because I was just like, oh, this guy is so miserable. I I hate this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's- I, I felt weird about that scene because somebody um, I'm uh, familiar with BDSM circles and they're very much about like enthusiastic consent and negotiating things beforehand. So it's yeah. not super realistic, but it is, like I said, a very funny comedy beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but even even like when she takes her virginity, I had such mixed feelings about that entire scene just because he didn't really want to do it. And it, I don't know, it, it was, uh, you know, and obviously in this, uh, in, in this social climate, like these are things like to that kind of, you know, these, it made me think about this whole situation Mm -hmm. a lot. Like if I was in his position and I wanted to, lose my virginity and she was like all right let's do it but at the you know he at one point he tries to leave you know yeah mm-hmm. and uh i don't know like i i guess that you know sometimes you do need some you know uh like a push in the right direction which is i think what she gave him um but you know in the end like he falls in love with her uh due to you know their 
their uh, social sexual relation relationship and i don't know like it seems like from the get-go it was just a uh it seems like he was manipulated by everybody (laughs) (laughs) it's what i try to keep thinking about is like the how different is their relationship to the relationship of uh, if if the genders had been reversed mm. and like that kind of pseudo predatory behavior and mm-hmm. in from men in movies towards women who are kind of demure and like no I don't really want to um, like that's it, it thankfully it is less accepted as given these days Um as things get more progressive, but in so many movies, that's just the way men and women work. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting to see the, the roles reverse, but not the same kind of like dubious situation. Yeah. It, I, that is, it, that is uh, kind of interesting. And I did think about that. Like this is a complete, uh, you know, a, a role reversal in terms of, in, in terms of, uh, you know, what, what you would think one gender would do versus the other. Mm-hmm. In this case, um, uh, Yuki Tanada has uh, a number of other movies that she's directed, and I think a, a, several of them are also about like sex and relationships and coming of age stuff. And I'm wondering if any of like her explorations of of those ideas or like these kinds of relationships are maybe better articulated the more mm-hmm. experience she's gotten. Um, curious to to maybe check out some of her more recent output it definitely is interesting just just even the fact that this is directed by a, a woman uh um to just kind of think about that and it does kind of put it in a slightly different context uh i wasn't i didn't realize that and that, that is interesting um did y'all have any uh, favorite parts you wanted to highlight there was a part I laughed at pretty hard um, early on when they're just starting to getting know each other where they're going out to eat and there's this like lady talking about how she doesn't like to eat green peppers, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And and Mayama's just like goes off on her and is like, oh, you think you're so individual because you don't like eating green peppers. And I don't know. I, I thought that yes. was a pretty funny scene. <laughs> and and after she runs off all like pissed off the, the the green peppers lady the boyfriend like gets up and bows and apologizes and <laughs> runs after her that was hilarious yes such a good yeah. like extra move to just be like i'm sorry that uh my girlfriend offended you and really uh, mayama was the one being kind of <laughs> horribly impolite but I, uh yeah i yeah, love that right right after that she says in a very cheery manner i hope she starves to death like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Mayama is a sociopath. <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> um, Alex, do you have anything? I, that's a really good bit. Like, it is a really good bit. I definitely wrote that down on my notes. Um, I really liked the sex montage. That first time where they like were, they're just constantly banging. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like after his first time, I, I really enjoyed it just because they were like having sex everywhere and the music was fun. Like, uh, it's like, you know, despite it all, it's a very sex positive movie, especially for, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, whenever you think of Japan, uh, you sort of, in terms of, you know, social climate there, sex seems kind of buttoned down, I guess. And it's very interesting to see it at the forefront of a movie like this with, you know, uh, young 20 something actors. And, um, I guess I've never seen a Japanese sex comedy before. So this was, this Mm. was just very, you know, so I really liked the sex montage. I thought that was really great. Um, (laughs) yeah, I I like like the montage too. Uh, there's the, the visuals in that that stick out to me is at one point they're in like an alley and somebody walks by without noticing. Um, that was super good. Um, sorry to cut you off. I wrote down one thing I remember writing down was, um, uh, at the very end of it, they're having sex on a vending machine and it makes some noises. Yeah, they're leaning <laughs> up against the buttons and just mashing all of them. Uh, and then I think that it's either that scene or another one uh, is they're, they're having sex intertwined in a chair together with uh, Mayama facing her computer and typing yeah. over Tadakuro's shoulder, which I just like lost it at. 
Yeah, that was good. That, that sticks out to me too. Um, my uh, my favorite parts is, are the uh, the slap that I already talked about, uh, just because the like retaliation and scale was so funny. Um, and then the uh, the other thing that I really liked is when she is, when Mayama is in the closet. Uh, listening to Tarakoro talk out loud to the prostitute, there's uh, what was to me the most interesting shot in the movie. Um, her just like barely outlined because and and everything is all black. She's barely outlined by the light through uh, through the sliver of doorway and like just sitting there silently and like it's so ominous and like she's processing the things that Tarakoro is saying. And it's just like, I, I, I felt a lot of, uh, emotion in that scene. Not, not like, not necessarily that I was feeling things, but like it, it, it felt like it, it gave the sense that he was getting through to her. Um, I think in large part because of the, the way it shot. That scene. Um, yeah, I'm surprised we actually didn't talk about that scene. Uh, that's like the big emotional payoff of the movie right Mm -hmm. like he finally like everything that he's feeling in the movie comes out right there right then and there in the heat of uh intercourse while while she is there like you know nobody else like the call girl does not know that mayama is in the closet there um but mayama does and tatakora does (laughs) it's such a like it's fucking heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, I kept thinking that poor prostitute. <laughs> just like having sure to deal she, with this dude. Well, yeah, I'm yeah, sure that's not a unique situation. <laughs> yeah, like, I, she didn't seem put off by it. I, I did wonder like how many things, you know, how many, uh, how many uh, experiences like that she has had. Um, I felt for, especially bad for Tadakora in that scene, though, just because uh, um, Mayama mentions that like if you if you back at us i'll scream and and uh her uh her handler uh, yeah her handler is gonna beat the shit out of you like oh yeah that's another interesting scene because they keep cutting to mayama in the closet watching them and it's kind of difficult to determine to kind of under like to see what she's feeling like if she's if this is hitting her emotionally or if she's still just kind of watching this with an observational eye or or what, you know, I don't know. To, to me, the way she was like just it just sitting there motionless and the way it's lit, I felt like it was it, it felt like the words were kind of bearing down on her mm-hmm. was was the feel that I got. Yeah, um, I will say that. uh as far as the prostitute goes, uh, I have friends and acquaintances who have done sex work and a large part of their job is, is basically being, uh, unlicensed therapists to their clients. That is <laughs> a very common thing. So mm-hmm. I'm in, in the context of the movie that is absolutely like she expresses some genuine concern for him, but it is probably not something unique or new that she is experiencing. Yeah. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, I did write down uh, when she tells him that uh, he's getting a call girl. He goes, ha, (laughs) one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite things that uh, anybody says in any Japanese piece of media. Um, It's it's played for such laughs and I I, it got me good. Um, So uh, moving on to shall we dance? If this was made for remade for U.S. audiences, uh, what do you think the difference would be, and who would you cast? Mm. Uh, well, Alex, any an, ideas? This would be an indie movie. Like this is this has independent movie written all over it, and this has mm-hmm. Noah Baumbach written all over it. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's not a mumblecore. <laughs> uh Bombach is basically a like a tweer mm. a tweer more esoteric version of wes anderson mm-hmm. um at least at least that's like when i watched Bombach movies like 10 years ago that's sort of where i was at with it um with him as a director uh yeah and i feel like you'd get somebody who um i want to say michael Sarah. i think that's the easy 
Like that's the easy get for Tadakoro. Um, like I almost want to say like, uh, like some, some dude like, like, uh, like Michael Sarah and for the Mayama part, maybe somebody who, um, like somebody who can be a little fiery, but also likable, like Kristen Stewart. Mm. Okay. Joey, did you have any uh, ideas for this? No, I'm, I'm always kind of not particularly good at the <laughs> casting part, but you know, as far as kind of imagining it as an American movie, like it seems pretty um, easily exportable. I think it would, if it was a more mainstream movie, it would probably be a lot kind of wackier, kind of a, a lot more of a sort of like, um, uh, what's his name? The, you know, like, um, uh, you know, we made a sex tape or something like, you uh, know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, something along those lines. Uh, but it could also be kind of a lean more indie, like you were mentioning, or lean more Cinemax, Skinemax, as I was <laughs> uh, joking about earlier. But like, yeah, I, I think it's uh, themes are pretty universal and could and could uh, move uh, country to country pretty easily. Um, it is hilarious that uh, you suggested Noah Baumbach, Alex, because uh, what I have down in my notes, and maybe it's because I recently loved uh, Little Women so much, was uh, getting Greta Gerwig to write and direct it, who is <laughs> yeah. n- currently dating Noah Baumbach. That's funny as shit. Um, and <laughs> then, uh, then having Saoirse Ronan as uh, Mayama. Oh yeah, that'd be a good get. She's really great. Um, yeah, she's good in anything. Um, I also have a huge crush on her accent. Yeah, um, no, it's great. I, yeah, but yeah, the um, uh, gosh, yeah, it could easily be made in into a, an American film, like very easily. Uh, but I do agree with Joey in that, like, there would be like a little turn of the screwball uh screwballometer um you know like this could this could be a, a you know a gertwig or a bombach movie but it could also very much be a judd apatow movie oh <laughs> that's God, the name i, I was trying to think that. of judd apatow yeah. there yeah. we go <laughs> like it could go in either direction very easily no i yeah. would rather have a quirky mumblecore movie than a judd <laughs> apatow sex comedy quirky come out of a u.s adaptation <laughs> I mean, that's that's what they do. I, I'm yeah. I, I'm so that's, sorry. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Oh, you haven't heard that? That's, no. Yeah, that's a whole genre of uh, movies that a lot of them deal deal with like sex and stuff. But yeah, uh, well, Criterion Criterion releases. <laughs> <laughs> um, for, uh, did did anybody jump out for the Takeshi Shimura Award for you? This movie has part in part because of such small budget. Uh, there's not a ton of characters in the movie, and aside from Tadakura, Miyama, and Akane, there's not much going on with the the uh, the other people. Mm. Yeah, as far as side roles went, you know, taking out Miyama and Tadakura at least, like Akira Emoto kind of disappointed me. Like he doesn't really do much. This totally seems like a like yeah, sure, I'll show up for your movie, be in two scenes or whatever type yeah. of thing. Um, but like, yeah, so the one who really stood out to me is actually the lady that played Akane, um, Misako Hirata. And as I click on her thing on Letterboxd, it looks like this is the only film in her discography, in her filmography. But, um, I thought she was very effective as this very like sweet, uh, girl that like definitely like, uh, I was mapping out this whole idea of who she was. And then she kind of takes a turn, at least the way I read it. Um, I thought was very effective. Um, so she's who I would nominate. Hmm. So, yeah, that's, it's a really tough one just because of that. Um, I do want to say Akira Emoto just because the two scenes that he is in, I really, you know, just liked watching him, but, um, yeah, Kane's actress is has a little more to work with, honestly. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, speaking to that, I was actually really disappointed that we don't get to see a whole lot of the club. Like we're introduced to them at the beginning, and then yeah. we see them like maybe once or twice in very like very tiny little spurts, and they seem like like 
it's almost like the opposite of house where you have all these different archetypes, these character archetypes, but in, instead of getting to know them, uh, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're so thinly sketched. And even when they like have their character reveal, it's just like she had sex with me because I'm this character archetype. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like there's, there's nothing else there going on as far as what they're given to work with. So and I wanted to know, like, why they all joined the club, you know, like, or why they kept going. Or did she use anybody who was in the club and then uh, quit the club afterwards? Like, well, let's, let's hear more about their nerdy passion for erotica. <laughs> I mean, I I was actually kind of interested in that. I'll be honest. Yeah. Like, there is no, a was... little bit of it when they're I think they're name dropping authors and stuff towards the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just like the slightest hint. I definitely thought that they were going to have a larger role when when they at that first like party and they all say, oh, yeah, we all have girlfriends. Um, and then she, you know, uh, ends up using uh, Tadakoro for sex. I, I thought at first like that they were all secretly dating her uh, and they were like, oh, yeah, I've got a girlfriend. I've got a girlfriend. It would all end up being <laughs> her. But that that's not the way it went. But yeah. I guess they all got got over her and then found their own girlfriends. But <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I like I think they do mention that, you know, everybody in this club has something in common except for Sakamoto. Like, and I think that's what sort of bring brought them all together. And, you know, that's what is inferred. But I, I do think it's interesting that you have all these side characters that you don't really get to explore. But uh, but then again, this is a, a lower budget movie and um, there's only so much time mm-hmm. uh, and budget. So. Um. Did anybody else have any other uh, thoughts that they wanted to? Oh, yeah. I, I did want to mention uh, the music is very chill and good. Um, I really mm. enjoyed the soundtrack. I, I couldn't tell you why, but it's very like, I think that's what also made me think of Noah Bombach a lot is that this is very like indie movie, like chill music. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I, yeah, the, it jumped out every now and then to me. It was cute. Yeah. Um, who did it actually? I don't know if there's, if they, I if that's did even, not write it down. I don't even know if that's like a, if it's even listed here. Produced music by Sei Komiyama, uh, known for music and cherry. <laughs> or, I'm sorry. <laughs> Moon and cherry not music and cherry. It's the yeah. sequel. Uh, yeah. Moon and cherry. Wow. So yep. Nothing else. Okay. So probably um, probably the producer's nephew or something. So even if y'all did not enjoy the movie, I'm glad we got to explore kind of like strange diverticulum of uh, Japanese indie cinema. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I did not super love this movie, but I enjoyed it. And I want to uh, see some more stuff by the director. Uh, one of her movies... Uh, th- titled something like one million yen girl is about a woman who uh has a prison sentence for throwing somebody's stuff out of the apartment and then when she gets out of prison uh decides to save up one million one million yen and move to another town and does this repeatedly and that seems like a pretty interesting concept (laughs) i would watch that Um, but uh alex what are we doing next month Next month, we will be watching uh, Yasushiro Ozu's Good Morning, uh, or Ohio. Um, And uh, I have not watched this, even though I've owned the Blu-ray for nearly a year. Um, I've been waiting for a good time to watch it, and this seems as good a time as any. Uh, It's basically about a uh, a family in the 1960s. and uh, the kids uh, really are, the movie centers around the kids trying to convince their parents to buy them a television. Uh, and that seems delightful. So uh, I'm excited about this. It feels in a way as like Japanese proto Simpsons uh, plot wise. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Uh, yeah. Can we go to Itch and Scratchy Land? No. Can we go to Itch and Scratchy Land? No. Can we go to Itch and Scratchy Land? No. Or I'm sorry, Mount Splashmore. Whatever. I've got my references crossed. Nobody's going to notice. You're excommunicated from the Simpsons fan. No. No. Um, I should mention that this uh, movie is available on the Criterion channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I've been wanting to see this for a while. Um, 
I think ever since I saw a YouTube clip of the special features where they talk about farts. Yep. I was like, all right, this is a movie I got to see. <laughs> yeah, if you've seen the fart compilation, this is the one it's from. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, well, uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at FriskaChat, V-R-I-S-K-A-C-H-A-T. Um, if you watch this movie along with us, let me know what you thought. Uh, Alex, where can people find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at dude exclamation. That's all one word. Uh, you can listen to me every week on the one piece podcast. Uh, and, um, if you like shit posts, anime and the Simpsons altogether, uh, I have a Twitter account called weeb Simpsons that people seem to really enjoy. So, uh, check all of those three things out. Joey. Uh, I'm at Joey Weiser on Twitter and Joey Weiser comics on Instagram. Uh, you can check out my graphic novels, the Merman graphic novel series and Ghost Hog, which just came out last year. They're um, fun adventure comedy comics uh, for all ages. And um, check out Toho Yaro. Uh, we're on Twitter at Toho Yaro and uh, we have a Facebook page that you can also like. Uh, let us know what you think of the show and uh, follow us for movie news and things like that. And you can email us at tohoyara at gmail.com. And please uh, subscribe, rate, and review. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening. And join us next month for Good Morning. Good morning. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>私的にシャワー浴びるから。ちょっと。こっち。俺の下半身は実に昭和ないやつだ。何してんの? 取材させてもらってどうもありがとう。もやもさんはお出の体が見えちゃった。ちょちょちょちょ。明日締め切りなのよ。ちょっと。ちょっと。ちょっと。ちょっと。ちょっと。ちょっと。ちょっと。ちょ